This podcast is brought to you by All Things Film. Awesome. No, it, it really is. All Things Film, the web's premier collection of independent movie and TV related podcasts. For more, check out www.allthingsfilm.co.uk or search All Things Film on iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn Radio. And now, on with the show. Welcome to our podcast on fire 189 episode is called The Lost Blood and Pantyhose Heroes and it's Alan Time Double Bill people. It's normally an actor I detest and for part of this episode I will continue doing that but no doubt Tamster, Tamboy, Tammy was part of a thriving Hong Kong cinema and was put in various vehicles requiring a lot of him. Among other things, he was put into action vehicles, and for part of this episode, that admiration will be put forth how well, sometimes, Alan Tam comes off doing action. So, what that all means is we look, first of all, at Wong Jing's Kung Fu Gunplay Singapore set, The Lost Blood, from 1991. And in the second half, we take a look at Sam Hung's politically incorrect action comedy pantyhose hero and my name is Kennedy and with me this time is Eastern Film Fans website head honcho Phil Jason say hi buddy hi are, are you um, are you a team uh, Alan Tam <laughs> team Alan is there a team for Alan Tam if there is a team for Alan Tam there, there surely must be if, there, if there's a team Andy if there's a team Leon Jackie there surely must be a team Tam or Alan um, I'm not on the team Tam I have to say, um, maybe we'll explore that team and which side you are on a bit later on. <laughs> Tamster, Tamboy, Tammy. Yeah. Like Tammy. Yeah, yeah. Team Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. Copywriting that right now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll get into it and check in with Phil uh, and all of that. He hasn't been on for a little while. After the contact information, this is Podcast on Fire on the Podcast on Fire network. We are located... The website that is podcastonfire.com is where you find us, the show, and the bonus episodes. Email us if you have any feedback, suggestions, and questions. And uh, the suggestion, by the way, I should, uh, I forgot to write this, but it came to me now. Uh, the uh, listener and um, uh, Facebook uh, discussion mainstay, Jay Lee, was the one who suggested at least The Last Blood. I'm not sure if he suggested Pantyhose here as well, but The Last Blood definitely came from Jay. So it's a listener's suggestion episode this so thank you very much for that and if you want to send in suggestions you can podcast on fire at googlemail.com and as well as on facebook facebook.com forward slash pof network is our page uh, that you can uh, like and every 10th like generates a little bit of charity out of our own pockets so it's a win-win situation for everybody so thank you and uh, if you want to interact with us mainly that is done through the discussion group uh, you can follow the link on the page I just said, or type in Facebook, uh, sorry, type in Podcast on Fire Network in the Facebook search bar, and that will get you the group. We are also on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire. Follow us over there and read our tweets. I write about uh, Hong Kong cinema, various genres, as well as Taiwanese cinema, 
adults only cinema and ninja exploitation at sogoodreviews.com and I video review at slizikvideo.com small little spoken audio video type of reviews over there and if you can't follow my tweets twitter.com forward slash sogoodreviews Podcast on Fire is available on iTunes. Rate and subscribe. And if you have the time, please leave a small written comment or a long one if you like. That would very much be appreciated. And finally, if you don't like downloading podcasts to your device, if you fill it all up with selfies, and then uh, Stitcher is an option. You know, you know. Of course, Phil, you're you're a man of social media. Your phone is full of selfies, right? <laughs> oh, how you know me so well. It is, actually. Transparency, um, like you read about. <laughs> I know. It's, it's it's terrible, isn't it? Um, I mean, they're even... I think the HTC are bringing out a phone called HTC Selfie. It's that popular now. I blame celebrities for it. Everybody was doing it prior to celebrities doing it. And then celebrities do it at the Oscars, and then it's just blown out of all proportion. It, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I, I am a selfie man. I like to look at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a Phil G duck, uh, like a uh, duck pouting type of lips selfie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> various, various facial expressions, none of which are in ever... The bar, in the bathroom and in the, back of, in the back of the shot, you can see the toilet has not been flushed. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should say that. Um, there's an idea. Maybe later. Maybe later. Yeah. When this show goes uh, visual as well, then maybe maybe we'll explore selfish. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the uh, why I'm being silly about that is the fact that you can stream the podcast on Fire Network on Stitcher Radio. Uh, check us out on their website. But smoothest way to do so is through the application of air to, available to the various iDevices and your Android. And once you're in Stitcher, type in Podcast on Fire, for instance, or any other show name to find us and add us to your favorites. Film on that. What's your plugs and uh, what's been going on lately? Or what do you want to talk about? Um, you know what? It's that long since I've been on. I, I don't know um, how far I go back, really. Um, a, did few I mention, a few months. Yeah. A few months. Um, yeah, I did that little interview with Gareth Evans, that famous-ish director for that famous-ish raid in Raid Two. That was that was quite cool. But quite recently. Um, I've uh, been promoting uh, Jason Nagao's Iron Monk, um, which they're funding at the moment um, and trying to get funding for, but it's hopefully going into production next year, which uh, looks a little bit special. And also Dean Meadows' uh, Bitch Fight, where he's going to bring... Um, yeah, it's a cracky title, Bitch Fight. I hope he's it's not be... about dogs. I... Yeah, no, that would that would really be sorely you know, disappointing. And I think they're going for the whole Grindhouse theme, that 80s kind of vibe and stuff with it. And they're going to reunite um, Cynthia Rothrock with uh, Max Thayer from uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. So um, that's looking a bit special. So they start filming next year on that, so we'll be promoting that. That was uh, crowdfunded and successfully crowdfunded. Yes, right? yeah. So uh, that's um, that's going to be uh, that's going to be special. I think they're actually uh, shooting in Birmingham at some point and stuff. So I'm going to try and catch up with the uh, um, the Lady Dragon herself, Cynthia Rothrock, and try and get um, a scoop there and, and Dean Meadows and see how they're getting on. So uh, hopefully we'll get some uh, on the spot, and I might actually do that, which I've been saying for a long time. Get it on camera and throw something out there, you know, a bit different for a change rather than me typing things up all the time. Let's 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 get it out there. So. Iron Monk and uh, Bitch Fight, both two uh, productions, independent films that need people's backing, so support them. Eastern film fans will be. 
And uh, those links will obviously be in the show post. And uh, your own website is um, still um, ongoing, I assume. I yeah, still uh, still alive and kicking. I just uh, did uh, actually an interview with uh, Jason Nagao on the back of uh, Iron Monk. Um, he's been in various British things, um, Ashes to Ashes, The Bill. He was in Snatch as well, um, Guy Ritchie and stuff. So that's an interesting uh, interview. He's a character anyway. Um, so that's good. So yeah, I'm still um, I'm still churning things out every now and then. You know, trying to keep up to date. Uh, Facebook, I tend to post. You know, every other day, there's always something um, to post on there. So. Uh, so I need to do a few more reviews for the site. But, yeah, the site's uh, going well and stuff, and people enjoy it. That's that's half the battle. And for uh, reference sake, uh, do a URL so people know where it is. Yeah, so uh, www. Uh, or just three www's and uh, a dos, easternfilmfans.co.uk. And you can find us um, at Eastern Film Fans on Twitter and on Facebook. Not on Snapchat? No. Oh. <laughs> I've not done that one. Maybe I should do that one as well. <laughs> I'm Google Plus, I'm Pinterest. There's a few others that I, I tend to post to and stuff. But, you know, the, the big ones and stuff, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter still I tend, to, tend to use those the most. I've become an Instagram whore a little bit. I mean, a little bit, yeah. I am on Instagram. I tend not to use it as much, I have to say. It's, a, it, it, it's more of a, like, not on a super, super, yes. yes, yeah. yes but... Uh, <laughs> I still, for for the moment anyway, I I've stopped kind of being personal on Facebook and keep keep it podcast and website uh, centric. And on Instagram, I currently I'm just enjoying being personal there, posting you know obviously shots about movies and plugging my stuff and and obviously taking shots of myself as well every now and again. So, uh, but but it, it it is actually good fun. I mean, uh, with any social media, it's a hellhole. Partly, but it can also be quite wonderful and a close knit community. And I've experienced it more of the latter, thankfully. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, it's like Facebook as well because I've got your, I've got my page for Eastern Film Fans, and then I've got my own page, and I tend to post a lot of the Eastern Film Fans stuff on my own page. And I think then I feel guilty if I post something just about me or something I'm doing on my actual Facebook page. People go. This has nothing to do with Kung Fu Film. <laughs> yes, but it's just me. It's my page. You know, go to Eastern Film Fans if you want to see we that. We don't it's accept like, character on here. Yes. <laughs> my God, he's taking a selfie of himself. And he's not in a Kung Fu t-shirt. My God, what is wrong with him? Yeah, it's a, yeah I was looking at um, some comments yesterday on a video. Um, I, you, you know, I'm a hockey fan, so I follow the Boston Bruins a little bit. And recently, uh, a video went, went viral of this um a kid who got to sit uh, uh, near the ice and all the team uh, fist bumped him as they uh, left the ice. And uh, this kid's uh, this kid is like uh, six years old, eight years old. He survived cancer. He also has Down syndrome. And it was quite nice reading the comments until it got dark pretty quickly. Yeah, it's I like think... the, you did good for a while, internet, and then someone said the most heinous things you can think of. So, so, so it's a hellhole partly, but uh, some heaven, some heavenly things. Yeah, absolutely. There are there are some nice things out. I shy away from people that you know post all those kind of you know things, depressing things. You know, I'm, I'm all on the happy path myself. You know, I like to keep on that. That's what life's about for me. You know, if people want to do that, that's fine. But you know, yeah, it's yeah, not... yeah. You know, t- totally. But for I, I got stuck on the comments for a little while because I I just saw like, oh, good, good, human, human, human. Oh no, no. And, then, <laughs> and then then I go away. Let go. 
Oh, hell no, you didn't just say that. You know, kids got Down syndrome, for heaven's sake. You go to hell. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's uh, not uh, uh, get stuck on that. We are going to take a short promotional break, and after that we'll be back to discuss Wong Jing's The Last Blood from 1991. And sometime in the review we'll discuss why it's also known as Hardboard 2, The Last Blood. But it isn't. It isn't Hardboard 2. So. Uh, but we'll be back after a promo break, so sit tight. Hi, I'm Phil Hobden, host of Film Exploitation, the film podcast. We think we're pretty good, but don't just take our word for it. Here's one of our friends. Greetings from Tromaville. This is Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of the Toxic Avenger. You know, folks, when we're not making those great movies like Tromeo and Juliet and Poultry Guys Night of the Chicken Dead, the Troma team and I like to kick back and enjoy film exploitation because film exploitation is the best entertainment and education that we know. Check out more at www.thefilmpodcast.co.uk. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, and we're probably in your closet as well. Look, no, we are, really. Could you let us out, please? Welcome back, and Last Blood is about to be reviewed. And plot first of all, uh, plot first of all from HKMTB user Mr. Booth. B, played by Andy Lau and his girlfriend May, played by May Lo, fly to Singapore for a holiday and end up sharing a plane with the Dhaka Lama, played by Law Shu Kei, who warns them that she shares the same horoscope and she will be in danger today. True enough, both are shot by terrorists at the airport, and it turns out that as well as a horoscope, they share the same rare blood type, that is May and the Dakalama. Only three people in Singapore have blood they can use for a transfusion, so who will get the last blood? Police officer Loi Tai, played by Alan Tam, wants to get it for the Lama, uh, and the last character B wants to get it for his girlfriend, and the terrorists don't want anyone to get it at all. <laughs> That's a sweet plot. <laughs> kill, 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 blah, 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 blah. You know, we want the blood spilled and not transfused. Uh, but, uh, okay, Phil, uh, first of all, brief opinion about Last Blood, and uh, then I'll do mine after that. Last Blood, when I first saw it many, many moons ago, again, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the Hardball 2 thing, but, you know, I went into it, it's Hardball 2. So I didn't have a fondness for it for that reason. Coming back to it a second time, I quite enjoyed the whole movie itself um, as an action feature. Bearing in mind it's dated somewhat, but I think revisiting it was uh, was quite fun. But taking that Hardball 2 out, I think um, rejuvenated my interest in the movie from when I saw it first. It's a damn shame that a, that a rather cheap retitle can actually uh, damage a viewing experience. Yes. Uh, yeah, there, there's your example of okay, we got we the ideas, the idea of okay, if we do it like this, they will like it. And you are an example where it totally backfires because if yeah. you watch the movie, there's not really a, you, you got a gun and you got a hospital, and that's uh, you got some guns and hospital. That's as much of a similarity you, got, you have here. Yeah, and it ruined the experience. I'm a great Andy Lau fan. Um, I'm not on Team Tammy. Tam, or whatever we're going to call it, we'll get there eventually. But I'm a I'm a, a massive Andy Lowe fan. I went through the whole stage of the Ho-Ho bullshit with Andy Lowe, and I got to this one, Hardball 2, and it just ruined the experience for me. So coming back to it and viewing it again, I've got to say, I think I quite enjoyed it, because I think I just remember how dire 
it was the first time or how that opinion, that title of the movie changed things for me. Right. I mean, going to say, like, Police Story 2013 with Jackie Chan is the same thing. It isn't a police story. If you take Police Story out the title, it's actually a fantastic movie, but people go in thinking it's Police Story, they're going to be sorely disappointed. It was the same with The Last Blood and 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 that and that's the filmmaker's fault. Wong Jing didn't do this retitle. That's the difference here. So uh, absolutely. So, uh, but but yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, one of those times because it's not always the Wong Jing mixture of commercialism and comedy and action works very well. That it does, you know, the combination with that and the action, the the brew between Wong Jing and his action choreography, or Robert Blackie Coe's action yeah. choreography, you know, the light versus darker versus edgy versus comedy is is great fun, and it, it's from a time where when Hong Kong cinema knew these commercial elements very well, and I have to say it, Alan Tam is fucking cool in this movie. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it right now. He's, you know, I'm, I'm Team Alan now. I'm Team I Tam Tam for, for this movie. For this movie, okay. Next movie, ne- next movie, not so much. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. I preferred him in. Uh, I like the Dragon Family is one of my favourites and stuff. It's uh, pretty good, but thankfully, the, I don't remember him as much because he's such a big cast. So it's uh, it's not like two people it's in there. It's probably so. why I liked him in it because he's not in it that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I always thought. See, now watching it again, The Last Blood, I thought that perhaps Andy Lau should have played. Alan Tam's character. Maybe it would have worked, but Team uh, Team Alan owns this movie. I was about to say, well, Alan, exactly, Alan yeah, Tam, does. and he does, and he, he gets the best bits. They, I mean, there's some cracking. There's that the whole. Um, I, I'm not going to put any spoilers in there, but there's that whole bit where he's he with his partner and the stare off, and and that's that's a cracking little bit of cinema, and and he does it well. I could just imagine Andy Lau doing it there, and I know we've seen it a million times before with him, but it was just that moment. I thought, actually, you know, Andy Lau's got that. That thing, but fair play to uh, Team Tam. He, he did come up with the goods on the movie. Indeed, indeed, and he's present too. And um, but but we, we'll get back to um, uh, all of them. Uh, we start the movie kind of with uh, uh, an, an action sequence and uh, first view of our main terrorist, played by Chin Ho. And this guy must want the Dalai Lama dead, you know, because Chin Ho, God bless him, I love him in this movie. Plays it insane, you know he insanely wide open eyes you know and he even licks his gun after he fires it or before he fires it because he's that bad you know it's that exactly it's It's awesome isn't it awesome he's standing there butt naked turn around licks his gun and then he just gives you that look and you're like yep that's the villain it's awesome and it's a Japanese villain too, so yeah. Wong Jing is not uh, doing his best to kind of um, balancing the relationship between Japan and Hong Kong. But uh, there you go. That's not something that bothers me as such. Uh, yeah. It all puts me in a like this comfort spot of nostalgia. But but the quality here is good, so it's not like nostalgia is uh, tainting my eyes. Because as you might remember, Phil, I got into Hong Kong cinema through John Woo and. Uh, yeah. Hong Kong gunplay, heroic bloodshed. So it's always comforting, despite seeing a million of these sins, to see the good examples of uh, these uh, kind of scenes. You know, the slow motion, the big squibs of blood exploding. You know, whenever people are hit. You know, but but the, but but Blackie Coast style, thankfully, is not John Woo's no. uh, John Woo's style. It has you know technical elements that we recognize from John Woo, but uh, Wong Jing and Blackie Coast are not here too just be 
a boring Xerox copy. It's it's their movie and it's a confident like a piece of um piece of the movie that that action choreography and uh, yeah, I, I like it. It still puts me in a very uh, good mood to see uh, to see this time. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm the reverse of you. You know, I got in through martial arts and then I went to heroic bloodshed afterwards. So probably the last blood was one of the um. At the start of my journey on Heroic Bloodshed, I mean, I grabbed everything that was Heroic Bloodshed, obviously John Woo and everything, everything with Andy Lau then at the time, you know, it was all the triad movies, all those kind of things and stuff. And like I say, disappointed me at times. So this is why it's, it's great revisiting something like this to go, you know, coming back to it. I, I you know, I, I like I say, I really enjoyed it. You know, Wong Jin does, you know, fantastic job, like you go. Um, you know, the start of the movie, the shootout, you know, the style. You know, you know it's a, it's a kind of, primal and brutal you know uh, uh, it establishes that which i which is so far away from the comedy that it shouldn't work but thankfully somehow it does Uh, you know imagine like seeing seeing all those scripts like exploding when and but also like this amazing suicide by an uzi using an uzi like oh my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, awesome. you're, you're yes. having you're having good fun, and I've never seen a suicide using an Uzi on screen before. So that that was like, hey, that was yeah, it's good. Actually, it's good. I mean, it does good representation because you you right at the beginning of the movie, it opens it up, massive shootout, you know, and again, give it to Team Tammy sitting in that chair, styling out, shooting people, and they're like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, fair play. He's, he's styling that one out. He looks good, and like you say, they're just further down a little bit. That guy Uzi back at the head, boom, boom, boom. It's it's a great bit of heroic bloodshed. And the problem with Alan Tam is that he often seemed, in my eyes, though, I'm, I'm not looking down on anyone's opinion of him. In my eyes, he often seemed disconnected and not into the material in the various movies. But for this commercial action movie, for some reason, he feels very present. Something I think is making him connect to this and maybe it's working with Blackie Ko, maybe it's working with Wong Jing but I've never seen Tam be this present, standout, you know, cool Uh, it's miles ahead of stuff uh, that I've seen in other movies whether it's drama or comedy or action Uh, it really is, I mean it's miles ahead of of Pantyhose Hero and there are some good things in Pantyhose Hero from Tam but here he's really confident and he's not getting this great character as written It's um, but I, I don't know why he could elevate it, but kudos to him that he did. You know, it's certainly that. Absolutely right. Yeah, it is when you think about it and his performance in this movie. He's like you say. Um, I've seen probably quite a few of his movies. Not how I many he has done uh, a lot, but it's probably one of my favourite um, movies with him in. To be fair, so for some reason I've seen Armor of God a couple of times. I don't remember Alan if Alan Tang contributed much to the action in that movie. I sure as hell remember the concert footage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but do you remember that if he did a lot of action in Armor of God, it was just all uh, Jackie, so to say? It was mostly Jackie, to, yeah. to be honest. I don't recall. I'd, I think because, especially, and there's another film I haven't seen for years I need to revisit, and maybe that's a good one. I don't remember it because Jackie's performance was that strong and because of those big scenes with Jackie in an armor of God mm-hmm. and the whole, you know, falling from the tree and, you know, that thing. I think it took away from the rest of the movie and you just remember the standout moments. As a movie itself, I don't really actually remember much of Alan Tam at all in it. So no, not me either. I, I think uh, him and Jackie were riding a, a, a small car at one point. That's about it. <laughs> 
Yeah. That, yeah, that, funny enough, that's the only scene I remember. Uh, good movie though, but uh, but uh, yeah. there you go. And it all, by the way, reminds me of how dark a Wong Jing movie can be. I don't know if you've seen the movie The Big Score, which is uh, him him himself is in that movie. Danny Lee, Joey Wong, opens fiercely dark and then transitions to being fairly goofy comedically. And I I personally enjoy those contrasts. Uh, you know, even when Wong Jing puts himself in the movie, it just kind of just works wonderfully. Uh, so he, he knows dark violence too, you know. Uh, yeah. So on Andy Lau, I mean, I'm a fan of him in this movie, but if you put things into perspective a little bit, he was, in my eyes, during the 80s and part of the 90s, trying cool, trying comedic trying dramatic even and it came off in a movie or two or five maybe as a little bit forced but i've always respected him back then certainly now as well even though it doesn't work as much i always respected his work ethic because this man balanced an acting career and a singing career and just worked his butt off and it developed you know it developed skills and developed acting skills and um you know, turned into a movie star eventually. But for Lost Blood, or rather for Lost Blood, I think uh, there's evidence of that, but I think he's... Uh, I, I enjoy his presence here. He he's, feels a little bit more on... Uh, I enjoy that he's a triad that isn't... Uh, you know, he might be respected, but uh, because he's, he meets some brothers on the plane while he's throwing his guts up, you know, because he's uh, sick on the plane. But I like that he's a triad with seemingly no violent experiences. So this is all new to him, and he's kind of goofy, and he throws himself into this desperate situation. So th- there is a nice balance there between being w- quite wonderfully goofy. Uh, but And I think I like that more rather than him getting a role where... He's all cool and triady, you know, triad Yeah, life. I think it works for this movie, you're right. If he'd been all cool and triad it probably wouldn't have worked with Alan Tam as much. And it, and it plays better with Alan Tam being that cool uh, and playing that rather well. And Andy, as you say, Andy Lau being that goofy kind of character, uh, kind of fish out of water even for a, a triad. Uh, but, yeah, it takes him getting used to because you expect Andy Lau to to have that kind of role, but it's kind of different in this movie. He does play it kind of goofy, but it works. It works for the movie. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed these in Wong Jing's movies, but I, I think he gets a chuckle out of uh, referencing um, celebrities and real-life people, and uh, m- maybe it works for his audience as well, but it's very typically lazy for Wong Jing to, in the script and dialogue, reference both the singing of Andy Lau's and Alan Tam's. Uh, you know, making it all meta for some reason. I, I don't know if it's meta, but uh, it's, I don't know, maybe it got the audiences just peeing themselves with laughter, like seeing Alan, Alan Tam mention on screen, and that is Alan Tam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. It got lost on us. Uh, but but yeah. it, you know, it starts with you as opposed to as a creator. If it works for you, and then maybe there's a, the bonus is if audiences uh uh, enjoy it as well, but it, it's kind of my least favorite aspects of Wong Jing's movies when he uh, when he makes these uh, references. But uh, he, hey, he, it's commercialism, and uh, yeah. it, it's it's nothing offensive, obviously. So, uh, what is what is else is there today? Well, well, if you we, we're not going to do scene to scene here, obviously, but obviously a standout is the attempted assassination on the Dalai Lama. That obviously ends up in, you know, if you see clips of cool action shots from Hong Kong cinema, this scene at the airport is one that often makes it, I think, because you see Alan Tam's character, possibly stunt double, but maybe it is Alan Tam, 
leap through the air and uh, shooting, you know, one by one of the air hostesses that are uh, uh, the assassins that are dressed as air hostesses. You know, he drops two of them like dominoes, like, you know, boom, boom. And I love that how it's executed and cut together. It's just marvelous, skillful energy that is orchestrated by Blackie Coe. And there's a reason, if you watch the movie, why his credit is as, is as big, if not bigger, than Wong Jing's. Because the action directors make these movies work a lot. And some directors work in, tan, works in tandem with them. Wong Jing, at least, you know, uh, Richard Norton and the likes have gone on record saying, at least on City Hunter, that Wong Jing was nowhere near the action. <laughs> you know, he he took care of the comedy and the, the rest of us took care of the action, if you will. And maybe it was this as well, but it all coheres, obviously coheres, uh, when all is, uh, all is said and done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, for me, that the airport scene is, is the highlight of the the movie from an action point of view. I mean, that the, the use of the air hostesses as obviously assassins is just magnificent I'm, I'm, I don't know whether anybody else has done it and why they haven't lifted it because I just think it's pure pure gold absolutely brilliant it just sets it off quite nicely for the whole for the whole scene but that was uh, very cool like say Alan Sam just dispatches them as if they're, if they're nothing I don't care if you're women I'm shooting you anyway <laughs> <laughs> and it's seen scenes like this that uh, remind me again why I fell in love with this kind of Hong Kong action just like people see like yourself maybe Rewatching some of the still excellent kung fu movies and and their scenes and they them reminding you why you fell in love with kung fu and martial arts. You know, it's this just um, it is a genre element that just reminds you of. I, I'm glad that it still reminds you that yeah. of that it's um, why you fell in love with it. You haven't grown like numb or desensitized to it. Uh, yeah. The excellent stuff is still excellent. Uh, I, I like, by the way, as an aside, uh, the, the code name for the operation that uh, the terrorists have. It, it's not like this, um, you know, uh, subdued code name that you don't know what it is about. You know, they put it on front street. The code name for the operation is Action of Death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to assassinate the Dalai Lama. But what's the name of the operation? Action of Death. <laughs> it's true. It's straight to the point. It's not like eagle, eagle capturing something, something. Exactly. No, no, they, 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 that's fine. Kill the fucker. That's the the name. Yeah, that would be be straightforward. That that would probably be better. In fact, did somebody choose that? I'd copyright that as well. (laughs) Uh, What do you think of um, Longayan Beardy in this movie and him him playing the Alan Tam's uh, partner? Yeah, partner. Yeah, it's good to see. Like I say, it was always good to see because I grew up on Kung Fu movies and then all of a sudden he's he's holding a gun in his hand. What, What is he holding a gun for? What's all that about? That's strange. But, you know, he, he plays it well. He, you know, you always wonder about that cigarette in his mouth at the start of the movie before everything goes down and you think, that just that doesn't seem right. Is he going to smoke that or, or not? But well, well, they do explain it because his wife forced him to quit, but he needs to have something in his mouth, you know. In his mouth. Ah, yeah, that was it and stuff. But, yeah, the beginning was like, mm, yeah, yeah. Because he has seven kids, seven girls, yeah, <laughs> and he's a, and his wife is expecting another one. I think this yeah, is a wonderful joke in the movie. That, that was the one. Yeah, I know it was something. It's like, can you please bring me a boy this time? <laughs> <laughs> and they're all super young as well. Like he's been, you know, to be crude, like he's been shooting in her, and she's been shooting them out. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're That's super bad. small, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> tiny, they're tiny. 
but but he he represents. I I fairly agree. It's it's wonderful to see uh, someone who's been such a staple of a completely another genre turn up a dec- decade later. But he by this point, Lungayan is a comfortable performer. He and he's even a cool performer. Mm. Um, you know, and, and it's wonderful too when you when he shaves off any facial hair, he looks so different. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, do you remember him in Last Hero in China, the other Wong Jing movie? It took me a while, like, Long Guy Anna's listening to this movie. Is that him? That must be him. Man, that does not look like, you know, Warriors 2 or... <laughs> exactly. And he's not older. It's just like he looks so different. Different, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. What else is there? Well, uh, I, I like, by the way, uh, as written, there, there is some stuff written here with Alan Tam. Obviously, he is a super cop. You know, he ta- he he does his homework, which is leads to some, you know, memorable moments. Like he uh, studies the various blood donors uh, before they go to uh, pick one of them up. That eventually, uh, that, whose office is blown up uh, just before they get there, mm. and. Um, then this guy turns up. Oh, I was in the bathroom and my girlfriend is dead. And uh, Alan Tam shoots him on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> because he's uh, he's uh, armed and uh, the research indicates that he was a single man. You know, he was not married. That's it. He was then, yeah, he wasn't. He was then five foot three or something. This wasn't. Ah, exactly. Uh, the, the difference in height as well. Yeah, different height or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and even uh, when they confront another guy shortly thereafter, Alan Tam's character is waiting for the glasses of his to fog up because there is a point uh, yes. uh, because of the weather outside. That was cool. That was good, actually. It's I'd very, say, it's very clever. Yeah, very clever. Yeah. Um, and, and throughout the movie, there's lots of... Um, the darkness here is, and it will, it will affect uh, Eric Tsang's character, and that will lead us shortly into Eric Tsang, who's in this movie. Uh, I, I like, not that I like, like it, but that lots of innocence of fair game even the elder of fair game here you know the action of death terrorists they take no prisoners they just fuck people up whenever they <laughs> like you're old or a kid bang it, it, it is a movie that uh, yeah everybody's fair game just you know you, you're just basically gonna die uh, everybody that anybody around and there's no oh dear i've shot an innocent anywhere in the piece it's just they're dead that's it move on we've still got to get the uh uh, the bad guys or the good guys. Uh, action of death! Woo! <laughs> you, know? Woo! Uh, you know, what are your feelings on Eric Tsang, you know, back in the day when he was, you know, that Lucky Stars gang punching bag and his general comedic presence versus acclaimed actor now? I mean... I know, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's the goofball, isn't he? And he, and it, I mean, we'll go, we'll go on scene later on, I guess it's bound to crop up and stuff, but he plays the comedic and the goofball and stuff. But he does play this movie really well because, you know, like I said, I'm sure we'll come on to scene later, but, you know, when he sort of changes, you know, from a moment and he becomes dramatic. And um, I, I, I just like him as a, as a character goofball. I mean, he is who he is. Yeah, I, I suppose there's a bit of a love-hate there, but... Um, you know, for most people, but I, I, mean, I think I it's, mean, it's a combination of sounds and him being this motor mouth, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, I mean, he, for me, he can be on and off, you know, uh, depending on the movie. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember, I mean, I don't know if I've seen more of, more than one or two of the Lucky Stars movies, and he's fine in that, I suppose, but he's, he's verging on being annoying too, but uh, it's amazing, though, that... He, it was this year, in 1991, he appeared in the dramatic movie Alan, Alan and Eric Between Hello and Goodbye, where he's excellent in. 
that movie has problems, and though uh, um, problems is spelled uh, Alan Tan in, in the case of that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's it's just uh, he sucks kind of the life out of that movie, and Eric Sang is acting in a way better movie. Uh, but uh, that's just my opinion. And, and then you go on to not necessarily the Infernal Affairs stuff was the, like the um, transformation for me, but the fact that he could appear so warm and. Uh, confident on screen you know it started with comrades almost a love story he has a supporting role in that one as a uh, gangster that looks after maggie chung's character but he's very kind you know it's, it's not a um, very mean character and, and then up to his um infernal affairs stint obviously but in the um you remember the first free uh not the free extremes which was the second but the first free that had a Hong Kong short called Going Home, starring him and Leon Lai. And he was so good. He was so natural. You forget about him being the goofball instantly. And uh, it, it's a wonderful development to see him uh, go from where he was, where, where he was kind of hit or miss, um, to being, you know, almost uh, guaranteed, uh, especially when drama, when drama is concerned, being a guaranteed, like, uh, hit with me in my eyes anyway you know yeah yeah absolutely through him uh wong jing continues to do celeb referencing like his character in lost blood claims to know like chai and fat and cherry chung and what sure. have you and you hear eric sang who dubs himself like go like he speaks really really fast which is you know it's it's even if it's not funny the comedy as some of the times in this movie it's kind of chuckles and smile inducing because I don't really dislike it. It's just kind of like really Wong Jing. Okay, well, I'll go with it. It's not 20 minutes of it. It's just he drops uh, he drops it every now and again, you know. Yeah, exactly. It isn't it isn't overly heavy. I can, I can put up with it. And, you know, I, I, I am a an action man, so I just want to get to the next action scene and as long as it doesn't slow that down. And I'm perfectly happy. I can put up with a bit of goofing around for a while. And he even does a little bit of verbal comedy. Like you, you know, with the scene where the uh, when Nat Chan, you know, Wong Jing regular Nat Chan, mm-hmm. uh, teaches the Dalai Lama some uh, bad slang. You know, he he say, he says like bullshit your grandma, yeah. and he was wondering like what's that dialect? Well, it's uh, the Chu Chow dialect. Oh, that's interesting. And you know, the Dalai Lama is gonna use bullshit your grandma because he he's uh, fooled into. Uh, uh, thinking that it means all the best, mm, yeah. and uh, the movie ends on that note. It ends on a, you know we can spoil that. It ends on him yeah. using that and Nat Chan going wah freeze frame. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, I like it. I mean it's I do I like that I like that as the end. When, when it's so calculated that you kind of just are looking forward to when is he going to use it? I think it's no not there probably at the end you know after wave after wave of big arsenal weapon arsenal and bike stunts and car chases and primal violence after all that we'll we'll get that joke again so <laughs> and it, that, that's exactly what the movie has you know wave after wave of you know varied stunts and uh, car chases in tight areas you know when the hospital ending comes around there's a car inside of the hospital and uh, it's it's a proper finale, you know. You got axe violence, you got explosions, uh, again cars driving inside, gunplay, but not this one hour version of the finale like Hardboiled did the year after. You know, it's uh, about ten minutes and it's uh, it's done with. So yeah, and it's decent. You can see where Hardboiled 
two came from because there you go, he's set in a hospital at the end. Whee, so you can name you can name any movie based on that criteria after some other big movie that has the same content. Exactly. You know, that's why the title is uh, rather crap. I mean, even go, going back, watch you know being in that moment where there's so much action going on, were you still like kind of pissed off at the movie that it wasn't as as good as Hardboiled? Uh, I'm aware about when obviously I, I did, you know, I, I just, I was, I was blinded by the title and, and that was it as a, as a kid watching it. it. It ruined it for me. I expected so much more. I just didn't expect it to be like that. So I didn't give it half a chance. That, that's ruined it. Whereas this time coming back to it, you know, I, I, I went in just, oh, let's revisit this and see and, and really, really enjoyed it for, for an action movie. You can't get. Well, you can get better, but you know what I mean? For a, a darn good flick, it's a darn good watch. Yeah, and uh, unexpected good performances, um, chief among them being Alan Tan, but, uh, and even Andy Lau, I think in a way, doing quite a, um, a hairy fire stunt at the end because he jumps out of a, a through a window and there's, a explo- there's an explosion going on behind him and he lands quite close to the camera, but I'm almost certain that is Andy Lau because you can see you can you can almost see his face and uh, it's not uh, unexpected that main performers great stars would do it or say yes to it um hopefully not forcefully so uh but 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 I respect that I remember you and I talked of Chaim Fat doing his fire stunty wild search and what have you and uh you know, it's it's a common sight in Hong Kong cinema, despite it being quite a shocking thing that they are put into so much peril, and almost actual peril. Yeah, it's a, it's a great little scene as well, and stuff with him just looking at his leg, it's on fire. I was like, oh, yeah. it's, it's great. It's great, it works. It works really well. Fair play to him, kudos. The scene worked well, and again, it's probably one of my favourite, you know, shots, one of my favourite scenes in the movie, so... Yeah. It, it, it certainly stands out, uh, definitely. Yeah. So k- kudos to Blackie Co for uh, for enhancing the action and all of that. Um, so you, you know, recommendation for me. So I have, I have no other notes. So some of these movies, uh, you, obviously, it's not uh, in 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 depth character and themes. Running back over Eric Sang, obviously going from um, uh, comedic to um, seeing. Um, visually someone dying stuff to grabbing a gun and you know blowing someone's balls off that's got to be mentioned i think because you know shooting uh, something at the balls is pretty brutal and that was yeah (laughs) i was like oh that's gonna oh it is yes yes that was brutal that's not gonna walk away from that (laughs) no um the Dakey lama as well having um superb uh knife skills in the hospital Mm mm-hmm that was that was that was uh, that was good. Where did that come from? This peaceful man who can throw blades like no other, um, and um, and always useful for a finale to have a radio control car thrown in there. These are all little bits that people can pick up when they watch a movie and should watch it for those bits because they're they're priceless. Indeed. Uh, all righty. As for availability, currently disc versions are a bit hard to come by in Hong Kong, but it's been represented fairly well over the years. Uh, it had an older Universe DVD release. Uh, Megastar subsequently presented a remastered version on DVD, but that is listed as out of stock at Yes Asia anyway, which may mean pretty much out of print. Uh, quite famously in the UK, as we said, Eastern Heroes slapped a Hard Boy 2 on the cover of their old VHS release. So 
you know, it had guns in a hospital. Genius! And uh, obviously this was made before Hard Boy. So again, Wong Jing was not the one exploiting and cashing in by naming his movie, you know, uh, Hard Boy 2. A German DVD option is what I had. Looks to be your best option now in terms of um, getting something that's in print. It has the remastered uh, version, uh, Cantonese and, and English language options, as well as English subtitles. Uh, and it was released as Hardboiled Free of the Last Blood in Germany. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a new one. I didn't know that. That's excellent. Yes. You want to know which movie was Hardboiled 2 in Germany? I do. T- take a wild guess. It's one of John Woo's movies. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hardboiled was Hardboiled. Yeah. The Killer. Nope. Oh. Go um, think co-director. Co-directing. Um, no, you're going to have to put me out of misery. Just Heroes. Oh, okay. That was Hard Boy 2. Okay. And why not? <laughs> why not? And why not, indeed? The German title sometimes switches things around. I think Full Contact isn't Full Contact, as a matter of fact, but another movie is Full Contact. Um, so it's, it's a bit confusing in Germany. But, uh, yep, Hard Boy 3, The Lost Blood is uh, the title you'll find it under in Germany. But DVD is quite good because it, it has uh, all the options you can uh, want. So there you go. Uh, okay, we are taking a promo break, and after that, we'll finish off this episode by discussing Pantyhose Hero, and uh, coming loaded with uh, all my dislikes and my likes, because I have uh, I have likes and I have dislikes, um, some more intense than usual when it comes to Pantyhose Hero. But again, should state this, merely my opinion is not preaching preaching your opinion here, listen. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I, I'm not going to be like Angry Ken, but Pantyhose Hero is... Uh, is one that um, kind of gets me... Uh, I'm not comfortable watching Pantyhose Hero, let's just say that. So, so there's your teaser. So, uh, after a promo break, we'll be back to discuss it, you and I, so sit tight. They're 12 miles of bad road, and now they have a microphone and their own show. It's the Daily Grindhouse Podcast, the official podcast of dailygrindhouse.com. Sorry, G. You tell that bitch who sent you here. How sorry I am, I can no longer be her friend. And the man called Perry. I'm the one that killed Munden, whooped Tuesday, and put Wins in the hospital. All the birds did a tell five did not the birds, Sergio son. Reviewing the hits and the hidden from the world of exploitation, cinema, and beyond. Featuring exclusive cast and crew interviews. Past guests include John Carpenter, Robert Forster, Brian Trenchard Smith, but still no Steve Gutenberg. <clears throat> well, uh, we'll get him someday. We promise. I mean, we promise. The Daily Grindhouse Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, Podomatic, and of course at dailygrindhouse.com slash podcasts. The Daily Grindhouse Podcast. Tough films for the rough crowd. Got the goddamn message? Let's go to work. Welcome back, and it's time for us to discuss and review Pantyhose Hero from 1990, and plot from HKMDB user Inner Strength. Short and sweet, cops Jeff Lau, played by Sam Hung, and Alan, played by Alan Tam, are investigating a brutal murder of a gay couple and are told to go undercover in order to track down the killer, so they must learn how to act as gay men. So that's the uh, that's the buddy cop action comedy formula set up. 
Uh, okay, for my short opinion, well, sh- short and short, uh, there are <laughs> a few sentences of <laughs> all that short opinion, but here we go. I'm rarely offended. I often look at uh, by movies. Uh, I often look at movies in an overall sense, despite problems being in one area. You know, Last Blood, I might not like the comedy as much, but the action is really good. Uh, if it had been that way, so I can look at a movie in an overall sense. And Pantyhose Hero is one such example where I do, and there are problems here. Mainly having to do with the stereotypical depiction of homosexual, as well as general ignorance. And it all falls on Sam, because he's the director. Plus, as a body cop comedy, it's kind of flat. That falls on Alan Tam. <laughs> Here it goes. Like, Team Alan, I'm out now. <laughs> uh, but it does probably contain my favorite modern-day setting action choreography by Sam Hong and his stunt team. This is fiercely brutal in partly an embarrassing and offensive film. There you go. So what's your short opinion or equal length uh, short opinion that I just said? <laughs> <laughs> equal length. Oh, my God. I've only got so many sentences I can use. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, completely politically incorrect. I actually watched this at the Scala Cinema in July of 1991. Uh, did, did, did they have like so, – sorry for interrupting you. Now I'm interesting. Did they have like regular scheduled programming or was it like just a few events of Hong Kong movies at, at the Scala? Regular, regular scheduled. There was um, probably – was it three or four a year? I mean there was, there was quite a few every year. Um, that happened. This was a, a, a triple bill that had uh, Magic Cop and Better Tomorrow 2 on. Oh. There's a line. There's a line. Did you stay for all three movies? Oh, yes. I always did. Well, I used to get there. I used to get there at 12, queue up like everybody else did at the Scarlison in those days. Get in there, first of all, buy all your goodies, sit down. The last show would finish at 7 o'clock, and then I'd have to run across London to get to Victoria Station for the last coach. And I literally ran with a lot but. Uh, a, a, like a duffel bag full of goodies and run across London to get back and that was that was my Pierce de Resistance I, I love those events that happened Were, were you there uh, when they brought uh, talent over like when Chai and Fat was there? Yeah I missed the, <laughs> I missed the uh, I missed the Chai and Fat one for whatever reason and stuff um, who did that? I, I obviously Cynthia Rothfuss I saw Donnie Yen and um, Mark Houghton as well I uh, got to see those, but I missed the Chow Yun Fat, um, Jet Li ones, um, a bit gutted about. But, you know, I saw so many great movies on there, and um, again, we were all there for the action. That's what we, we focused on. So, and um, when you watch it back, it, um, the film now, yeah, it's, 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 it's slightly uncomfortable, I guess, watching it again. So, that's kind of my summary, because looking back on it again, it's another one I probably had a different opinion back then to do now on the movie. Uh, we'll uh, put a cap on that for now and talk of the movie. And uh, I like any movie that starts off right away. You know, 30 seconds in, the brutality is high. You know, the, the, the this gay couple, and this is not one of the uncomfortable scenes because we don't know much about the movie at this point, but obviously this uh, these men are beaten up and headbutted by edgy, dangerous villains and even when they're done even ca- even casually they put it put, put in another piece of violence against them like when he's walking away he just smashes a bottle into his head and then walks away and it all it's a you, you got chin ho in lost blood like being like i'm a villain you know 
And here you got infrequent actor Yam Wai Hong. Uh, he only has three credits on uh, Hong Kong Movie Database, making this immediate impression, which is a very, very good thing. Uh, and and then after that, the classic Hong Kong cinema contrast ha- happens because we meet the cops. And uh, we got a lighter tone here, but that's not truly true for Hong Kong cinema. Think about uh, this is the era of the buddy cop movie as you know established quite firmly by Lethal Weapon. You know, you, you, you had 48 hours and the likes, but Lethal Weapon really took the buddy cop formula to, you know, an, other heights. And that, that was obviously partly comedic and partly very edgy and violent and uh, primal as well. So it's not Hong Kong cinema's, like, unique trademark, this. But uh, I, I do enjoy the cut to the cops uh, trying to bust this... Uh, uh, this deal that uh, Chung Fa and uh, the various guys are trying to pull off in the countryside. Yeah, literally cut to. Want to describe their um, because there's only two of them, so want to describe how Samo Hong and Alan Tam multiply themselves to 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 make themselves a bit more uh, fierce. <laughs> yeah, so they 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 place several cutouts of themselves <laughs> dressed as police officers. Round cardboard cutouts that they both stand there with two guns each. <laughs> it looks like there's loads of them, and it's the same. I did double check. I'm sure it's the same pictures of both. So there's just one picture of uh, Alan Tan, one picture of Sam Hong, like dressed up as, as as cops, like. But there's the same one dotted all around. But it looks like there's all these coppers out there. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And and, uh, and uh, Alan Tam obviously looks a bit stern. Sam Hung's picture is him like uh, doing an oath, not an oath face, but he looks uh, startled. He looks startled, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like rabbits jumped out in the headlights kind of look. Yeah, it is, it, it is funny. It's very good. It's a pretty daring strategy that, that they're prob- that they're, you know, they're all alone. What if they don't fall for it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you know, it's wonderful though, because that, that is funny. And, as we talked of uh, Lam Gayan transferring to modern day, Sam Hung transferring to modern day is quite uh, interesting because you get um, kind of a full plate here of action. You got fairly intense gunplay, and it's but also it's just lovely for it to switch to some fight action mid gunplay, and it, there's no shortage of power here and no shortage of complexity as Samo takes the gang on. I mean, I think. Many people might might think that this is kind of Samo on a downslide, if you will. At least action-wise, I think he's looking as good as he has ever looked. You know, this is powerful stuff, Phil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Without question. And and, and he switches it so quickly because the scene where <clears throat> they're coming down the hill and they're firing the guns and stuff, and then Samo obviously makes that leap. I can make that fence, and then mid-air, oh, no, I can't. Bosh. And then from there, you got that ha-ha, so funny, it's a completely brutal action inside where, you know, Samo shows, you know, what the action choreography is all about and just dispatching guys left, right and centre and chainsaws come out and they use everything they can. And it's, yeah, it, it's it's pretty brutal. So you've, you, you've got that laugh all of a sudden and then literally like a minute later, you're into this brutality. It's, uh, it's uh, very and, and, and when we say brutality, it's not about... Uh torturous violence it's no. just uh, that Samo's ability to showcase power on screen mm-hmm. is strong and that probably has to do with the fact that um, they're not faking all of this you know if if someone is going to dr- dr- drop on the floor and be kicked uh, you know Samo has been known to not hold back because it looks better it hurts more 
but it looks better. It looks better. And yeah. God damn, is he right? You know. <clears throat> oh yeah, and that's what it is. That, that's part of the. That's part of the love of the whole um, Hong Kong movie. The whole thing that oh, like, people are getting here. Yeah. People people get whacked in the face. That's it looks better because it's actually happening. And so yeah, the fair play to the uh, stunt team on there as well because they must took it sort of one hell of a beating. I mean, it's not the first time and not the last time either. And, uh, and even uh, I remember Mark Houghton being interviewed about his fight with Sam on Skinny Tiger, Fatty Dragon. And Sam was, you know, putting it on front straight. Like, I want to hit you in the face. Yeah. And like, okay. <laughs> okay. You know, and uh, Mark Houghton obviously earned his stripes on that movie and other movies. Uh, and obviously is well respected. But it looks better. I mean, I'm not a sadist or anything, but... It just gets me going. Wow, yeah, yeah looks yeah. Uh, and it's he's he's good at using the, the environment as well. You know, in this little hut, there's a wire fence that Sam Hong and Alan Tam use uh, as they run against uh, one of the bad guys that possibly has the chainsaw out at that point. Mm. And and the usage of the chainsaw is wonderful because uh, Alan Tam gets sliced across the stomach, but uh, he's presumably got his uh, well, he, he must have his have his protection on his. Uh, Bullet uh, proof uh, vest on. One of the bad guys do not have one of those, and we get a pretty brutal death here involving a chainsaw. Yeah, and then the, the chainsaw comes and you go, Oh, God, somebody's going to get hurt with this. And then literally you see the, the shot, it comes across, and there's the leg. Cut it, and he comes down with the chainsaw and you go, Oh, my God, you get it. It's just going to, blood's going to spatter everywhere. And then there's just that, once again, that kind of comedic moment that kind of breaks it up again, which is very clever. Pentheos hero, ladies and gentlemen. Chainsaw violence. Okay. Chainsaw violence. Uh, but, but speaking of Tam, I mean, I might sound immature, but I, I'm trying to be like a balanced critic. Uh, here, his comedic act is a bit more forced, and I don't think him and Samo's banter and chemistry is very strong throughout the movie. It's a bit unnatural, to be very honest. Um, they, they had fun, show, as the outtake showed. I mean, they could laugh together, yeah. but... Uh, um, it's one of those like Alan Tam doesn't register with me. He's kind of he's bland, so it's it's not hey hate as such. Absolutely, I'm sure Team Tammy would disagree with you, but hey, we're not on Team Tammy today. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. We've switched sides for one movie. <laughs> um, and he's kind of stuck in a time warp. The character before he gets his makeover, he he, he looks like he's wearing these uh, dashing '70s suits, you know, as regular wear, and his hair is. All greasy. And at times, it's like they don't explore this in the movie because most of it is him playing gay key. <laughs> so it's, dear Lord. Yes, but do, do remember, he did have 72 hours to train. Oh, well, yeah, well, that's, there's that. To turn into gay key. And it, it's, it's unmistakable, that name, because it's written in English in the subtitles, gay a G A Y key K E Y K key. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, uh, okay, let let let's let, let's talk about the ill aspect of it. This movie, and uh, feel free to interrupt at any time and certainly disagree uh, because this might be a little bit of a extended uh, rant of all the things I dislike. So, so so I can get them out of the way. But again, I, I'm I'm not the angry uh, reviewer here, but uh, I have problems with the depiction of homosexuality in this movie. I know it's a comedy. I still have problems with it. One other aspect before, I think one of the things that has changed in a wonderful way is that Samo says at one point, I think it's one of the uh, best things about them discussing homosexuality that works in 2014, is that he says that, well, I'm a big guy. I'm not desirable 
as such. But nowadays, I don't think it was as widespread then. Big guys are desirable in the gay community. So, you know, Samuel would have had a chance to, so it's not like Alan Tan was the only one. Desirable. And uh, before all of that, you know, Alan Tan says, I, I like this dig, though. I I'll get to this, but I, I like this dig, though. Alan Tan says to the woman that trains them that, uh, I have no acting, uh, I have no acting ability. You know, I can't act gay, which I ho I'm hoping it's a self-aware dig at himself. I, I would respect that. Uh, but they their training, you know, it's, it's that the extended scene of their three day training is uh, where the problems start. You know, the woman that, uh, uh, Paul Chun's character uh, brings uh, uh, in to train them. Bre starts breaking down their friendship uh, because uh, they're male companions and they're life mates seemingly and uh, there's nothing wrong with... It's not a stretch that they could eventually uh, fall in love. You know, she, she just put it out, put, puts it out on Front Street like because they say, oh, I'm not gay, I wouldn't love him, I wouldn't kiss him. So, but, but they do spend so much time together. But once she starts listing that there's only three types of gay men or homosexuals. It's just a, what? Mm. Are you really movie breaking it down so easily and so kind of def in a definite way, you know? And one of the types is obviously the type that is the easiest cliche to turn to, which is a damn shame. And it is the feminine type, you know, to prance around and bend your hand. And that's what Alan Tam is trained to be. He's, he's playing the female character out of those two, if you will. I, I, I don't really think that's wise to push so hard in the movie, which they do. That most gay men in this movie is of the of feminine, feminine type, you know, and acting like it. And I, I think it's way too easy to go there. And Sammo Hong goes there pretty much throughout the movie and that is uh, that, that is making me uncomfortable because um, it, it's it's not a cliche that I maybe maybe gay men can laugh at that cliche I don't know but I can't personally do uh, laugh at that cliche but, but but I give credit to a few moments of Alan Tams that he's pretty decent at physical comedy in the movie a few instances of it when he learns to uh, walk like a woman by holding an apple between his legs. The way he walks initially, and she has to reel him in after that, but the way he walks initially is so surreal and so so messed up that it almost becomes this decent physical... It, it does become this decent physical comedic uh, sight and gag, if you will. I don't know what you think about... Um, the various critiques towards Samuel throughout the years that he treats women badly in movies, but for some reason, no one mentions uh, Pantyhose Hero in that regard because. Well, yeah, I mean, let's face it. I mean, they do. They both harass her, um, you know, kind of sexually, you know, or try to throughout the, you know, the training as well. It's quite like they're quite demeaning towards her. And even, you know, and uh, you know, when he he's asked by her to like, you gotta put yourself in a mind space that you hate women. And what does Samus character do? He slaps her. Oh no. I, I can't. It's one of those moments, Samo. No, 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 Samo. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't go there. I, I, I find that uncomfortable, to be honest. Um, and, and I suppose, I mean, he's he's not portraying himself as this as this cool guy, suave guy. He's portraying 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 himself as a creep, in yeah. a way there. But uh, by going that place, but 
I think that's the wrong place to go. That you immediately slap a woman when you act like you hate a woman. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like I say, it is uncomfortable. There's, there's, uh, yeah, it, it, the like I said, the middle part of the movie. In fact, quite a bit of it. It's kind of an hour from the whole training scene all the way through. Is quite uncomfortable and, and references too. Uh, and I don't know how I recall watching it the first time I watched it way back in the Scarlet days, because I don't really recall it. It didn't really register and start. I think I was just, again, I just registered on the, the action uh, again, so it didn't. But watching it again was was uncomfortable, I have to say, because you thought, oh, no, you can't, you know, oh, no, you really shouldn't. And, you know, okay, there's a scene where Sammo does stick up for him in the, in the club kind of thing, which is kind of like a bit redeeming and such. But it, it is, you know, so... So, so incorrect, incorrect. And the thing is, I may be hypocritical because I shrug off off other politi- politically incorrect stuff. Uh, but so, so bring it on. If that's a critique against me, fine. But there's something here that doesn't quite become, you know, shamelessly funny. Mm. Where it's so yeah. much that it's kind of just infectious. I, so, I, I suppose I can't disconnect when homosexuality is con- concerned and. It's funny when you say it, but within the context of the movie, it's kind of painful when the woman is um, training them to uh, flirt with each other. So they say in English, I'm gay. I'm gay too. Let's gay. <laughs> let's gay. You know, it, it's, it's funny kind of to, because it's in English and the term let's yeah, gay is so true. absolutely surreal and dumb. But it's in the middle of this whole, like, uh, many things have gone wrong. That's another thing for me. That goes wrong. And the thing is, when you're out of that extensive scene, because it takes a while, about 10, 15 minutes, uh, uh, it affects scenes after that. You know, mm. uh, the feminine acting continues. and Because Alan Tan acts like this. You know, yeah, he has his high, high voice. And, you know, partly I think maybe Samus heart is in the right place because he's partly portraying a judgmental world. I think a taxi driver or someone else is calling uh, Alan, Alan and Samus characters, AIDS brothers, mm. but that, that that's such a minor thing that doesn't redeem anything. Uh, uh, because when when we see them go into the club to uh, get some clues, you know, uh, to question people, yeah. and uh, there's still just this one type of homosexual person in there, homosexual man in there, and they're all very feminine. They are flirting with anyone and in any way it's just sex 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 you know free spirits yeah but it's still this assumption that this is the gay world and at one point and i i sorry to say i really looked down on samuel at that point at one point his character winces at the thought of seeing two men kiss and unfortunately that doesn't make him come off very good you know mm. uh I, I might be Focusing on a lot of this, but I'm, I'm being also honest with you that it doesn't sit uh, uh, sit well with me. And I suppose as, as a character, it me because he winces, that means he can't immerse himself in the undercover role very well. Something Alan Tam does a bit better. You know, he, he doesn't um, he, he plays his role. You know, he doesn't break character as Samus' character does. You know, yeah. Um, well, what else is there? Well, uh, at one point. Yeah, Sam has a stalker and he hits him in the dick. You know, what kind of message does that send Samo beating up gay people? Come on, man. You know better than this. 
but what one funny aspect of, of it all to bring to bring it to be a bit more lighter uh Samus character said when people start to flirt with him he says like I'm here for chat only okay I'll bring in someone <laughs> they have like sex chat that's what chat means in this world apparently that they're gonna simulate kind of having sex with each other just by talking. So this guy starts moaning in front of him. Oh, I'm having climax. I'm having climax. <laughs> uh, which is uh, kind of a neat little uh, Samo daddy can act with, kind of. You know, his character. So, um, uh, and one funny aspect is too that later he needs to chat up a suspect, a sushi chef, but he chats up the wrong one, so I have to do it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it comes up to him twice. Like, what are you doing after work? Uh, but but then that kind of for me again personally, while that was pretty funny, the guy he does take out is very clingy and he he likes uh, he acts you know 110 percent gay you know yeah. so, and uh, even though he beats up that guy because he enjoys it the, the gay man is a sadist it's it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me feel that Samuel is beating up gay people in this movie. yeah no. I'm- the, the, the last are few and far between in them, and you know, looking back again, it is, it is, you know, it's politically incorrect. It maybe um, when it was done, it was just the the lack of understanding, and maybe you know, we all mature, we get older. Maybe you know, if you did a Pantheos hero now, maybe maybe Samo would do it differently, and you know, exactly. And and that's the point that, that I got to hammer home. By the way, that I'm not judging Samo's entire filmography based on this because I like very much certain parts of this movie. And uh, it's just when I watch the other parts that I don't like that uh, that I react. But I, I can let go of it. I'm not like holding a grudge uh, against him. I mean, uh, it it might be. I don't know if it might be worse, but it's certainly another bad example when he puts uh, when he put blackface on actors in "Don't Give a Damn." I mean, that 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 was not a good idea either. Oh, oh exactly. Uh, times have changed, you know. Yeah, that's definitely changed. That that was a thing they did in Hollywood for you know uh, 40, 50 years earlier or what have you. Uh, but, but still, we're not here to talk. Don't give a damn. And I'm going to shut up for a little bit while, a little bit now. And uh, what do you want to talk about next? If you get that uncomfortable part, and then it starts to kind of come back together, and you you lose that because then you get like about it is another hour since you've seen them fight. That obviously Samo uh, breaks loose to fight in the restaurant just briefly, but you kind of you get that power and precision again. Oh, that's a good word, precision. Thank you very much. That that was excellent. You remember precision is a good example to use when he. Uh, fights the guy on the top of the car and he drops the guy in his place. You know, he kicks him and he drops in the, you know, he doesn't fly back. Yeah. They, they remain on the roof of the car and that's a good example of power and precision and boom. And then, then obviously Samo uh, breaks loose in um, the apartment fight scene as well, which I particularly love only because of the way choreographed and they have that, and I love that about the Hong Kong moves. The sweeping camera when the camera kind of sweeps around on Samo. It's just beautifully shot. It's just great. He hasn't hit anybody, but it's just the camera just sweeps around on him. It's, whoosh. it's like a forty-five, uh, forty-five degree sweep. Yeah, forty-five degree sweep, and it's it's beautiful to watch. Something like that, I just pick up on that straight away because it's just it's a it's a lovely thing to see. It just sets the whole scene and it starts by loop. But it, it kind of comes together at the end, and you've got that the the massive fight scene, which is you know kind of a fifteen minute fight scene, which you know doesn't make up for the. They are in the middle, but it's it certainly for for an action fan like myself is uh, 
is a wonder to behold. It is. I mean, we, we, we can get back to that then because uh, there, there are a lot of highlights to talk of, you know, when he confronts the gang outside a club, you know, these fast and hard-kicking combos that he pulls off seemingly without cranking the camera too much. It's just, he's so good at conjuring up that power out of nowhere. Nowhere, exactly. Yeah, that, that's what he's good at. The car stunts. Do you think that's uh, Samo doing it all? No, I don't think so. I've had a look at it and gone, no, I don't. I'd love to know who did that. I, I think he does part of it. You, you, I think, yeah. When the female character, I've forgotten her name, pardon, hits uh, Samo, you see a side shot uh, twice, a slow motion side shot of uh, someone you can't really see the face of. And then when the camera cuts to an angle in front of the car, when Samo's character is rolling off the car, that looks like Samo to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, that... That is quite brutal because there's been nothing up to that point, and then bam, that car hits him. Whack! Oh, it's so painful a... too because the guy hits the hood of the car and then hits the window, and in slow motion, it's like yeah, it's like a wake up call. It's like bush, and you're like, wow, what? It, I mean, that was hell of a stunt. I'd like to know who, uh, like I say, partly Samo, yeah, but I reckon somebody else uh, that. So if anybody knows, they should let us know. Cause I'd love to know. I mean, Ridley Choi was on this production, but Ridley didn't do some of his most dangerous stunts either, you know. And No Regret, No Return, Ridley's movie, that uh, bike stunt yeah. uh, was uh, reportedly uh, uh, someone else. But uh, Ridley has hurt himself, and he's uh, obviously in this movie and uh, fighting Samo, uh, the guy with all the blood all, all over his face, and really <laughs> yeah. psychotic. But but he, I think he was injured at one point, Samo, because unless I'm, unless I'm mistaking it for something else, during the outtakes, you can see him... Uh, with a huge bandage across his belly. Uh, he's walking around with no shirt on, but I don't know if that is something else or not. Um, and I've heard rumblings of the fact that um, Sam was injured at some point during the movie and had to have help directing it as well. Um, but, but again, that, that, that's something I've heard on forums uh, recently and what have you. Maybe that's karma. Who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As a body cop movie, undercover action comedy, it's, I mean, for a while it's its its decent, but then it gets lost in a lot yeah. of comedic scenarios involving yeah. the neighbors of theirs, you know, that uh, wants Alan Tam, you know, like you read about. The actor is Poon Jan Wai, who, uh, you know, spikes his uh, champagne at one point and it leads to aphrodisiac comedy, which is what it is, I suppose. Yeah. But one point, you remember the point where uh, Poon Jan Wai uh, rubs Alan Tan's ear, yes. yeah. and he starts he starts spasming. He has spasms, like his yeah. legs kick out. That was wonderful. Like, where did that, that come was, from, Alan Tan? That was that, that, that was laughing. Like funny, I have to say, because he kind of freezes in that pose, like yeah. Oh my god, he's rubbing my ear. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like he's disgusted. He goes to this surreal level of <laughs> what's going on with his body. <laughs> From a comedic uh, point of view, uh, yeah, Alex Hampton did, did play that well. Like I say, it is a standout. Um, there's not a lot in that middle part of the movie that you kind of want to shout about, but that that is one of them. But the thing is that, that, that that's such an extended sequence of uh, juggling, you know, characters, and uh, Samo wants to hit on a woman, and he needs to get Alan Tam out of the apartment, and the undercover angle is just gone by that point, you know. This is a 98-minute movie, which makes that problematic, that the focus is just way off. That uh, yeah. and, uh, and then, bam, 15, 20 minutes of uh, finishing off that undercover story, plus action, and it's incredibly creative what Samuel's doing, and I'm I'm seeing 
when he fights uh, Ridley, which is uh, pretty much twice, once in the apartment and once where Samuel went tied to that big uh, uh, big wooden role as fighting him as well. I can just see them being very inspired working with each other because they they move so well together, uh, Ridley and uh, Samuel. And uh, Ridley is just way off, you know, the chart in terms of uh, psychotic behavior, which is uh, which is wonderful. And uh, yeah, I mean that that big wooden roll that is tied to, he starts sp- uh, rolling that while tied to it and kicking Ridley. It's wonderfully creative because the setting, Phil, is not very cinematic. Construction site. No, it isn't. But doesn't he use it well? Oh boy, does he ever! I mean, uh, Samuel doesn't get enough credit. I think when it comes to using the environment, it, yeah. J- Jackie made it such an enhanced, pronounced, wonderful thing that's, um, uh, that it kind of got lost on um, when it comes to Samo's uh, choreography, because I think he does it wonderfully well. I mean, uh, what, what is it? Uh, yeah, like they, they pick up poles at one point uh, for some reason there in the environment, and there's a pole fighting scene with tons of people, and it looks so powerful, so much fun, and Samo is you know, at the height of his skills, and he'd been at the height of his skills for a good 12, 13, 14 years at yeah. this point, and still doing it so well. I mean, it's mesmerizingly fierce and brutal, which is maybe people will be surprised by the fact that Samuel's action could be brutal, but it could. At this time, it definitely could. Uh, Eastern Condors, maybe not so much, but, you know, Pedicab Driver has this element of Really hard-hitting violence, and uh, in a almost modern setting, it's a and thirties, forties set movie, I believe. It's totally memorable. And while while watching that action, knowing what I disliked, I still loved what I was seeing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, it's it's a uh, I separated it, but still looked at the movie in an overall sense. You know, yeah. so, so if I were to grade it, it's a, it's it's like this three out of five movie, yeah. Despite my huge problems, and uh, because um, they are, but man, are, is he making an impression action wise too? Yeah, without a doubt, yeah, action wise, and and that's what he's about, and that's what you remember. I mean, that's supposed fair credit to because you know, I, I don't really remember that hour long bit before and stuff, and watching it, I just remember the action, and it, it's that good that. You know, you forget about the the bad stuff and, and look at the good stuff, which is probably what I did in this case. And coming back to it, I was shocked by, you know, the bad bit. But coming back to the good bit, you, you, like I say, you almost forget what went before because the last 15-minute fight is up there with, you know, some of Sam Hung's greats, the way he uses the, the building site and the props and the, and the poles and the boards to spring off and the brutality of it. And, you know, the uh, the end fight where, you know, he's just, you know, you think Samo is the man and he's getting knocked from pillar to post. It's it's just, it's, it's classic, it's classic Samo again. And he's using Alan Tam well for the action yeah. to, uh, Alan Tam not only, you know, avoids being hit, but he actually fights occasionally yeah. and he looks really powerful and that is coming from Samo through yeah. and through, but he manages to transfer that into his performer. Uh, because it's not this quick cut. What happened? Uh, uh, or doubling. Alatam does some powerful things, and the stuntman obviously reacts well, but he doesn't react like you know. Uh, Alatam doesn't appear soft. Is my point. He appears really powerful. And that, that's credit to Samuel to make him to make him look that way. And it's a credible performance from from Alatam in, in an action role. You know, there's, uh, there's, he's jumping up in there and he's doing some of those uh, stunts himself and, and having a go. And fair play, he looks credible. Credible doing it, but you know, <clears throat> once again, it's it, it's it's Samo's show, and he just shows his his brute force, and um, 
And that's what we come to see when we like to watch Sammo Hung. And it, it, it shows any like I said, one of the one of the great fight scenes and one of the not as many people will see as a movie and stuff. So don't let it put you off, but you should see the movie because like the action is uh, once again um top of the heap. Do you think um uh, this is him at kind of the height of his powers making action in a modern day setting or do you like the likes of pedicab driver a little bit more i've got to say i do like pedicab driver a little bit more or even dragons forever it's not too far away from this yeah no it isn't you see yeah i mean yeah don't get me it's kind of space it's kind of at the heights isn't he pantios here pedicab driver just before it um shanghai shanghai's got some great fight scenes at the end um you're kind of roundabout there aren't you but no i you know, he still had a lot to give. There was still a lot more coming from him in the next few years. I remember Ghost Punting had a lot of cool action. It's it's a really rare movie, though, so not, not many movie talk, many people talk of Ghost Punting. Yeah, Ghost Punting. Uh, Touch and Go I really loved, and it's another one I need to revisit as well. Um, so, but yeah, it, yeah it, it could have been right, running, but probably around about the height of his uh, the height of his career, like I say, Pedicab Driver, not too far after that. It was... Uh, it was some of his best work, I have to say. And as an actor, he'd proven himself by this point too. He painted painted face and a, a, a painted faces, a tales of gold, and um, just doing a variety of genre work. I mean, looking at his filmography, My Flying Wife is a, certainly not a Sam Hung action movie. It's a supernatural yeah. comedy, but a very very good one, and it has some decent dramas too. And uh, as you say, working with Ringo Lam for Touch and Go and. Uh, the variety of movies uh, so uh, it's um i i've never looked at samus career as oh here's the lull here's the painful lull uh, it, it's all it's all good if you're talking action and if i return to pantyhose hero i want like fast forward through the stuff i dislike because it's not a, necessarily a chore to watch as pacing wise it does move fairly good even though it forgets structurally what it's doing but mm. it's not like it's um slow trick uh, because of all the stuff i disliked so i'm i'm, I'm um you know I, if i found a hong kong laser disc i would love to own it because um that that leads us neatly into the availability which is fairly difficult nowadays you know uh, it had multiple VHS, VCD, and Laserdisc releases, but now it remains rare. So if you need it, if you want to get it, bootlegs or torrents seem to be your only choice if you can't find these old official releases. And one such bootleg includes a fairly good-looking transfer of the widescreen Laserdisc, which I think may are put out. So uh, it, it's worth seeking out, and I don't think people are charging hugely for it but uh, i don't know how often it turns up on auctions and what have you you had a uh, we talk of this you had a uk vhs uh, that was uh, dubbed in english so obviously uh, this received an english dub and that uk vhs is a picture of samo that doesn't look like it's from pantyhose hero it has fire in the background fire fire with the uh, tagline He's above the law, but fights below the belt. Pantyhose hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Okay, so there you go. So, uh, so uh, they put it out after Mr. Nice Guy was out and Martial Law was out. So they, they were doing that angle in the, uh, you know, from the director off and from the star off kind of thing. So do you own that VHS uh, still? Yeah, I've got it somewhere tucked away in a, in a box of VHSs, which I took away somewhere. Right, right on. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 
so that's uh, that's it uh, for Pantyhose Hero. I hope uh, we gave it a balanced view and all of that. But uh, it's uh, it's challenging sometimes, like to put together coherent thoughts on dislike. You know, I'm, I'm not as comfortable with that, to be honest. I like love and positivity better. <clears throat> no, it's great. I think you know, uh, like as a, as a review, and it'd be interesting and hear from. You know, people are listening and get their views on it because this is a conversation piece, really, for me. So open up to everybody just to hear what people have got to say about it and give us your view. Exactly. And we are not the kind of network, certainly not on Facebook or what have you, that judges anyone's opinion. Unless, unless you're talking about killing killing kids or what have you. Then we'll judge. Yeah, I'll judge that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so we, we, I think I've always taken pride in that, that uh, whenever discussion does occur, that it uh, no, no one fears like coming off as an idiot just because they haven't seen this or that. We had that discussion recently on a Facebook group that uh, where someone said like uh, just, uh, that he or she was uh, uh, judged in another group just because she said honestly what she didn't like about a particular movie. And I was reminded of people saying that sometimes that they're afraid almost that the internet is going to lash out at them just because they haven't seen something or doesn't like something that is hugely liked. And I think that's such a shame that you, you're afraid to state your proper balanced opinion sometimes. You know, you're, 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 unless, you're, unless you're a dick about it, regardless if you like or, uh, like or dislike something, th- then it's fine to not have not seen stuff. You know, for the longest of time, I, 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 I'd not seen plenty of Jackie Chan and some home movies, and I still have many left to see. And that doesn't make me feel ashamed or anything no yeah. absolutely there's a lot i mean every time you know you're kind of a connoisseur of um asian cinema and there's there's numerous times you float out of family go you know i've not seen that i must check that out i don't feel ashamed of not seeing it i've just you know i've not seen it you know you can't watch everything you shouldn't be ashamed you've not seen every jackie chan film but you know you should be a little bit ashamed you've not seen every jackie chan film no i'm joking hey hey phil have, have you seen mindfuck uh no no screw you around <laughs> you see how it works. <laughs> okay, okay, you go. Yeah. Ah, but okay. Let's uh, let's uh, finish this off. Next time, I have a feeling next episode will be our annual Christmas special, where matters are a bit more loose and disorganized, and uh, uh, but but good fun. And, and we're even more. yeah, yeah, even more indeed. Uh, and we're planning to fill a room with as many podcast on fire network contributors as we can, but we're currently trying to schedule it because uh, scheduling is hard people and uh, December 23rd is uh, when you can look forward to that Christmas special and I'm hoping that will get you on Phil but if not then uh, then uh, we'll uh, certainly catch up soon enough so uh, it's one of the most relaxed shows of the year which means plenty of movies will be mentioned in the Christmas special but no main movie review so it's essentially just getting together with friends and recording it and unleashing it immediately uh, but that's it so let's uh, let's finish this one up off uh, Finish it. Finish it. <laughs> I'm Finish losing it. my grasp of English after being so mad throughout the entire review. Mad, I was. Mad. Uh, but anyway, this has been Podcast on Fire on the Podcast on Fire network. We are located on podcastonfire.com. Check out all the other shows and bonus episodes. Uh, I bet you'll find something that you like. Not only Hong Kong cinema, but Japanese cinema, Taiwanese cinema, ninja exploitation. We we cover it all. So there you go. Podcast on fire at googlemail.com. Hit us up with questions, feedback, whatever. We are also on Facebook. Like our page, facebook.com forward slash network and join the discussion group and get, a, get some dialogue going on Pantyhose 
hero after this episode is released. And uh, you'll reach the discussion group by typing in Podcast on Fire Network in the Facebook search bar. To, um, tweet us, follow our tweets, twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire, my writing of various Hong Kong, Taiwanese, and Godfrey Ho movies. So goodreviews.com and sleazykvideo.com is where I'll post my video reviews. And I tweet at twitter.com forward slash so good reviews. We are on iTunes, Podcast on Fire, that is. Rate and subscribe, and if you have the time, please leave a small written comment uh, about uh, the show, what you thought. That will act perfectly fine as a reviewer. It will certainly help us get some exposure. And finally, stream our shows on Stitcher Radio. Do it online through their website, but smoothest way, smoothest way to do so is through the application available to your various iDevices or your Android. And once you're in Stitcher, type in Podcast on Fire or any other name of a show on the network to find us and add us to your favorites. And Phil, plug away the projects that you are supporting again or or whatever plugs you want to throw out again. So the floor is yours, buddy. Ah, oh, bless you. Um, Jason and Gal is doing a, a little movie called Iron Monk. Uh, they need your support. It might be too late by the time the pod comes to come out. But check out Iron Monk. Google it. Show some support. Show some love. It's going to be a big movie with some great stars in. So uh, at the time of recording, is it like the last few days of the campaign? Well, there's, there's, I think it's about two, three weeks ago. So it depends when this goes out. Really. Right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to put it out there. Yeah, so no worries. I mean, but you know, it's all about the support, isn't it? So people are showing some love, liking the page on Facebook. Google it anyway. And the same with the bitch fight, uh, Dean Meadows film which will have Cynthia Rothrock starring in and uh, Max Slayer from No Retreat, No Surrender. So so that'll be one to look forward to, um, which will be shooting next year. So Google that one, support that one on Facebook. That's what it's all about, the independent movies. And um, you can find me at uh, www.easternfilmfans.co.uk. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter. So uh, look us up, drop us a line, say hi, and... Um, you know, if you want a film reviewed, let us know. It'll give me a good push to review some more films. Mind, mind fuck. Review mind fuck. <laughs> mind fuck. There's a new one for you. Yeah. Hardcore <laughs> pornography. Excellent. I looked that one up. What are you doing? I'm just looking up hardcore. Good mind fuck. What? Ken, Ken told me to. Ken told me to. Yeah, Ken. It was, it was Ken. Ken's fault. It was Ken's fault. <laughs> we don't know any Ken. He never goes outside anyway, so we, we can't know him. <laughs> It's not even a person. That's what I say all the time. Yes, that's what I say to him. Don't I, Ken? Yes, you do. There you go. See? Uh, anyway, we're off track slightly. So, yeah. But, yeah, again, you know, uh, Podcast and Fire, we, we love you at Eastern Film Fans. We love you. We love you at Eastern Film Fans, too. You know, so, sincerely from Podcast on Fire, Merry Christmas and everything. So. Oh, Merry Christmas. You know, you're pre, pre the Christmas drinks and what have you, you know, the aggression isn't there. But, w- but once you get the, you know, into the eggnog and vodka and what have you. Oh, let's see. Wait until we do the Christmas special. There'll be drinks on the go. There'll be flippant films being thrown out by various different people. It'll be so much fun. F- flipping people off at the end of it. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, screw you. Hey, screw you. I'm not talking with you again. It's all love. It's all love. Whether it's Christmas special or regular podcast on fire. And that is what we're finishing up right now. So I've been going to be... And uh, I'm saying goodbye, and with me was Phil G, so say bye, buddy. Bye-bye.